For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome, everybody, to the Pick 6 Podcast. It's a Transfer Portal QB Wednesday, along with Tom Chattel, the heavy hitter, and the silver tongue, Everbland. I'm Sam McEwen. We're talking uh, Husker football. We're going to do a lot of Husker football stuff today. Um, obviously, the Nebraska volleyball team preparing for its uh, Sweet 16 and Elite 8 volleyball matches, and we wish them the best of luck. We anticipate Nebraska winning those matches. <laughs> Let's be honest. We may hit a little bit of volleyball, but uh, Nebraska plays Georgia Tech tomorrow. And they will likely play Kentucky on Saturday. And then next week is the final four where uh, the, the competition gets even tougher. But Nebraska volleyball is elite. We'll have great coverage of that. Uh, and uh, best of luck to them. All right, let's get into the football front here. So here we are. Uh, we're in the first full week of the offseason. Two players are in the transfer portal. Jake Applegate and then according to reports, Jeff Sims, the quarterback who Nebraska got out of the portal last year. And the Huskers uh, are in pursuit of a transfer portal quarterback. Uh, they've done their due diligence here for sure. We know they've met with Will Howard, Blake Shapin at Baylor, Sam Levitt at Michigan State, likely Kyle McCord at Ohio State, and the Satterfield plane was heading to Pullman, Washington, home of Cam Ward, the Washington State quarterback. That is quite a group of five there. Nebraska appears to be taking a pretty big swing. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah, um, the question is, what can they sell them? I guess I've, is is um, I, I assume they're going to have the money. Do they want to spend it? Uh, they need a guy, so I'm, I'm sure they'll they'll do what they have to. Um, but you know, I think the quarterback, whoever they get, is, is got to fit into the team room. Is got to fit into the 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 so-called culture of the of of the it's gotta be a fit in the program um and in the offense whatever that offense is going to be um you know i i don't for some reason you know i I don't think people are as worried maybe maybe after the jeff sims pick as they maybe uh could be um but i think if you look at the names you see that who they're pursuing uh they all have, they all they all have pretty good reputations. So um, I don't know. Does that make sense? Do you should they be concerned after you know the Jeff Sims was a, a, a good guy, a good teammate, um, but he, it didn't didn't work out. Would that would that concern you at all? Or well, I think it would be concerning. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I you 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 don't want to get it wrong. Um, and you know, they, they got it a little bit wrong last year for maybe for a variety of reasons, but I would say that some of the guys are going after now, um, I would describe all of them with maybe the exception of Sam Levitt, a, a better and purer and more traditional passer than Jeff Sims that, that I, that I feel confident 
um, saying, okay, Evan, you, you've been on the transfer portal beat here in the last three days. Um, you've been tracking the planes, doing all that stuff. What have you seen in terms of just the, the kind of player they're going after here at the quarterback position? Let's keep in mind what they have in the system, Chubba Purdy and Heinrich Harburg. And uh, Danny Kalen's coming, but he's not he's not there yet. And I'd be surprised if he competed competed for the starting job right away. Um, what what would you say the profile of these five guys that we know of so far that they're pursuing is? Yeah, well, you know what's interesting to me is that there's not necessarily a and a, a common thread. I mean, I think Will Howard, he's got the one year left. He's probably somewhat similar to. Blake Shapin in that they're both guys who have sneaky wheels if they need them, but generally they're known for their accuracy and ability to manage a game. Sam Levitt is on the other end of that spectrum. He's got four years to go uh, redshirted this year, even though he saw a few series against Nebraska. Um, you know, Kyle McCord, I mean, he surprised people by going in the portal in the first place. And that's a guy who I think is more stationary than some of the other players that they're pursuing. And so I'm not sure um, you know, how, how much he would run the same sort of offense that, uh, some of the other guys would the McCord thing's interesting to me, Sam, because you look at his situation. I mean, he was thrown to former five-star receivers. He was a starter all season, one of the best teams in college football had the opportunity to do that again. And he enters the portal. And so like, I, when I look at that and I don't know the situation, but to me, I don't see how that could be anything other than money that he's looking for moving into the portal because um, all the other on-field stuff seems to be there. Maybe he's not happy in Columbus or whatever. Um, but that, that sort of situation, at least on its face seems to be something that maybe Matt rule and Nebraska aren't necessarily interested in getting into in terms of uh, a bidding war or whatever. So that one's kind of interesting. And then Cam Ward uh, fits the profile. I think of what Satterfield had at South Carolina dynamic playmaker, honestly, the same sort of mold of, of Jeff Sims, a, a big arm who can make big plays, um, not afraid to take some risks, things like that. So it kind of feels like they're casting a wide net at this point, which in and of itself is noteworthy when you think about some of the comments that Rule made even uh, a week ago to us about, um, you know, continuing to develop the guys that are in the room and moving forward. I think there was some question to what extent Nebraska would put itself out there into the, the quarterback portal market. And I think we've seen uh, they're about as aggressive as anybody. I don't think there's time to to uh, to get to get a ton better. I'll have a few thoughts in a minute, but Tom, I wanted you to respond to respond to what Evan just had. Yeah, I mean, I think we've all we've all kind of wondered, um, you know, how 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 is Matt Rule going to approach the portal? He didn't he didn't ever have it at Baylor, um, and he's a big he's a big build it guy. Uh, Build it from uh, within, um, you know. Maintain um, the 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 players, you know. Ret retain players, uh, don't necessarily bring in people that. And I just quote him that he said about Bill Polian. What Bill Polian, the Colts GM, told him that uh, don't ever make a free agent the highest paid guy in your locker room. I mean, I don't think he threw that out there by accident. <laughs> I think right. he was telling he, he was telling us that he was telling his his team that his players that, and he was maybe throwing out there for anybody that might want to come to Nebraska, but wants a big payday. Um, 
So I think there there was a big message there. I don't I don't think he's going to get into a giant bidding war, but uh, maybe he wouldn't have to uh, for some guys. Um, I was a little intrigued by the the Baylor quarterback. Now there's obviously a, a lot of Texas connections on this staff, and Baylor didn't have a very good year, but the the kid's stats were weren't bad. I mean he. 18 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, uh, over 13 games. Um, but he had a, a 63% uh, a completion percentage, which is good. Um, I So I'm intrigued by a guy like that who may not cost that much. I, maybe he would. I don't know. Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff for sure. Um, you had mentioned Joe Gans, I think, in a column last week. And Blake Shapin of the five guys – has sort of the Gansian quality. I think he's got a stronger arm than Gans too. I think he uh, he was a he was an elite shortstop in high school. Could have signed with a pro team out of high school in baseball. Didn't. I think it affected his recruiting. He was going to go to Arizona State and play baseball and football. Decides not to do that. Decides to go to Baylor. Then didn't play baseball at Baylor. He's just a football player. Not not that there's anything wrong with that. 5,574 career passing yards, 36 touchdowns. He's got 184 career rushing yards. Uh, so he, you know, he he's mobile, but he's not he's not a big runner. Will Howard has 5,786 passing yards and 48 touchdowns. Now, people when I when they hear the similarities to those two numbers, they don't. Most people think Will Howard's way better than Blake Shapen, but if you just heard the numbers there you're going to hear that they're a little different. Now, here's the big difference. So Will Howard ran for 921 yards and 19 touchdowns at Kansas State. So he he can run, and he ran for 351 right. yards this season. Um, it's possible that he will follow his offensive coordinator, Colin Klein, to Texas A&M. I don't, did somebody interject there? I didn't want to interrupt anybody. Oh, you're good. Okay. No, but I, I was surprised to see Colin Klein go to A&M. <laughs> I was I think a lot of case people were too. Um, I, maybe that just means he 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 needs he needs uh, to, to to get his resume, uh, you know, filled out a little bit before he becomes a head coach. But um, um, yeah, you know, maybe uh, I, I I think Will Howard would 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 fit the bill. I mean, I think he'd be uh, you know right in line with, with with the kind of offense they want to do, or at least what I saw this year. So. Who knows? You know, Nebraska sent Adrian Martinez to K-State. Maybe they'll send one back. Maybe. Cam Ward threw for 6,968 yards and 48 touchdowns in two seasons at Washington State. He ran for 202 yards, but he ran for 13 touchdowns. So he is a runner in the red zone for sure. Um, and then uh, Sam Levitt's stats are mild at best. We He's the guy that, that we don't know a ton about other than, you know, the tools that he appears to have. Kyle yeah. McCord, the high school teammate of Marvin Harrison, uh, threw for 3,170 yards this year, 24 touchdowns. I think 16 of those were to Harrison, something like that. And he lost 77 yards on the ground. He is not in any way, shape, or form a runner. Evan, what, what I think is happening with McCord is I think he's been told uh, that he he's going to have competition 
and maybe was even told he's not going to be the starter. And and so I think he's being pushed out at Ohio State. Okay. Or nudged out. Like, hey, you know what? Um, we love what you've done for us, but uh, we're bringing in competition. I'm guessing that Ryan Day wants more mobility out of that position than McCord provides. And I think Cam Ward may be their top target. Um, I think that's entirely possible. I think that's entirely possible. Uh, that that Washington State's Cam Ward is the guy that Ohio State wants. Uh, Nebraska's going to try to make a run at him. Um, Ward is a strong, he's a passer. He was an incarnate word prior to Washington State. I am a little surprised that Nebraska's going after him. I think he's going to cost a, a lot of money. And so uh, Nebraska must feel comfortable with what it has. And he only has the one year left. And so he would be a one-year a one-year uh, fix. What I'll say is, and, and again, I am not trying, I don't have any inside information when I say this. I'm going based on my instinct and what I sense about the sport. Nebraska does not have three or four years to go five and seven, five and seven, six and six. Okay, now we're gonna go 10 and two. The schedule's too hard to just to just say we're gonna, we're just gonna build it with a bunch of freshmen and don't worry in year four, we'll have it done. Uh they have a they have a stadium to fund. It would behoove them to be good next year. And by good, I don't mean, you know, squeaking into the bowl. I mean going nine and three uh, for a variety of reasons. And they had an opportunity this year to do the six and six thing and make everybody feel good and go to a bowl game. And, you know, everybody's got the nice booster seats at the bowl game and do that thing. And they fell short of that. And so I feel like this, I do think they have to get better at that position and maybe considerably better at that position. Um, but to do that, like Rule said, it's going to cost some money. And, you know, are all four of the, are these five guys all better than Chubba Purdy? I don't know. Are are they? I think four of them are. I think three of them are. I wonder about McCord, and we don't know anything about Levitt. Not really. We just don't. We just don't know. Well, I mean, Levitt's kind of what, Purdy was a couple of years ago. He was a guy who was highly recruited out of high school who had a bunch of years of eligibility. So, I mean, he's essentially, you kind of look at him almost like a freshman, really. I mean, he's played a handful of snaps last year, but yeah, I mean, the, the quarterback situation, you got to get it right. And it's pretty easy to like, imagine, you know, Kyle Howard or Will Howard was, was, quarterback in Nebraska this year imagine Blake Shapin was quarterbacking Nebraska this year um how many more games do they win probably three they might win three more games uh if they had a guy who who just took care of the football and and threw the ball where it needed to go and picked his spots in the run game and I think they get that and and the can that's why I think the Cam Ward thing's a little bit intriguing too because when Nebraska went in the portal a year ago I think there was this thought that well the defense is going to take a little time and so you need to take a risk on a guy who has high upside and, and, you know, maybe some high, high risk as well. And I think, you know, what we learned was they don't need to do that. That's not necessarily the recipe for winning at Nebraska, given the conditions, given the strength of what the defense has been and, and looks to be next year. Uh, you, you need a guy who's accurate with the ball, makes good decisions. Um, and then you can lean on your offensive line and, and the run game and whatever else. Um so I wonder how much of the Cam Ward piece is 
Marcus Satterfield kind of going back to what he's comfortable with, what he had at South Carolina, what he's comfortable running in, in a general scheme sense. Uh, that's why I kind of, I just think it's interesting, the guys that they offered, because they are different in their own ways. There are a few similar similarities, but there's also a lot of differences that to me maybe indicates Nebraska is going to adjust its offense to whoever they end up getting out of the portal. Hmm. Yeah, I think the offense is at a place where the quarterback can pretty much shape the offense. I don't think it's it's uh, set in stone necessarily because um, they don't have it, the the pieces yet. And that, that intrigues me is what are they telling these quarterbacks, you know, who is, is the supporting cast going to be? I mean, I think they, they've got some holes in there they would have to fill in uh, around the quarterback. Um, you know, can the quarterback they bring in, uh, like, you know, can, can he make the, this team better? The guys around him better, or does he have to have uh, better receivers, uh, you know, running backs, offensive line around him? Um, you know, it might be a little bit of both. Um but I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued a little bit by the, the, the money because they, 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 they were in on uh, uh, Rayola for a long time and that, and that wasn't going to be cheap. So they obviously were okay with that. Um, so, you know, did that mean that, that they would get into a bidding war with Ohio state over Cam War? I, don't think they would, but um, you know, like you said, they have to have somebody in a quarterback in college football today, and maybe forever is the the, the number one piece on the board. It's, it's it makes everything you know. If you want to get if you want to go win eight nine games, you better have a quarterback. If you want to get to the you know the next level, so yeah, they have to get this right and. Um, we're all, we're all just sitting back watching. <laughs> For sure. I think that the names that the places they're going and the quarterbacks they're pursuing, though, does speak to the diligence of, of what they're doing. I'll get, I'll give them that much. Like they're trying They're It's not, um, it's not a, uh, Hey, we're going to go get, we're going to go, you know, very modest and, and just try to get a guy in here and develop him for a couple of years. I think they're, I think they're trying anyway to 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 get a player in here who might attract a receiver out of the portal as well. You know, like I think that's something to to chew on is is do they need more receivers? Do they need this? Do they need that? Um, I do th- certainly scheme is helpful on the offensive side of the ball, but you know having players really helps too. And you got to ask yourself whether Nebraska has the kinds of receivers that can consistently get open. I. I think they're young, and so I think talent-wise they're getting there. But, um, you know, they have those guys in the roster. Do they have the running back that they want who can hit the home run if he gets a crease? And do they have the quarterback who can, who can you know, who can get things done? And, you know, it's, it's a work in progress for sure. Like, and it moves a lot faster than it used to. Remember, do you remember Tanner Lee? Like, they were recruiting Tanner Lee for months <laughs> back in 2017. And so, like, this stuff all moves a lot faster than it used to. And you, you know, you, it's speed dating. You've got to be able to sell them on your vision. You you also have to sell a guy like Cam Ward or anybody on, 
here's what we've got on the roster and here's how we're going to make you good. Here's what you can do for us, but here's what we can do for you. Because Kent Moore wants to go to the NFL. It's not just about money, but setting himself up for the league. Um, I don't know. Sam Levitt probably doesn't have that many options. I mean, he's going to have to do what he <laughs> – he's going to have to pick the best option. He, does, he He's not in a position to make demands. Some of these other guys are. So it's uh, – I don't know. My general feeling is that Nebraska fans are like, yeah, heck yeah, good for Nebraska going after these guys. Like, why, why can't Nebraska have one of these guys? What, what's wrong with us? And and so I you know at least they're making the effort. I don't know if they're going to get them, but but they are making an effort to say these are the players that we prioritize, and and we're going to send our offensive coordinator out there, and he's going to make his pitch. Darn it! And and so there you go. Yeah, the timing piece is interesting to me too, and kind of like Tom said a little bit. Like, I, what do you tell them in terms of who your who their quarterback coach is going to be? What do you tell them in terms of who? Uh, you know, they're going to have as skill players. Do you show them anything at all from the 2023 uh, offense? Any any film of that team at all? Um, or are you showing a bunch of South Carolina stuff from two years ago? I think that's the part that's interesting is there's not, like there doesn't appear to be a, a defined plan, at least that we saw this year. And maybe the coaches have hammered that out and they're able to articulate that. Um, but I think it's also possible, again, that they, uh, are, are going to figure things out based on who they get and that they don't know maybe who is going to be their quarterback's coach, if that's going to be restructured. Uh, it just feels, it, it feels like they're leaning on their confidence in being able to adapt to the talent that they have. And we saw that last year with their willingness to run the option and do these different things. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't seem like they're necessarily married to a certain scheme or a certain way of doing things, which, which can be a good thing. Uh, but you're, to your point, Sam, it'll just be fascinating to see who they end up with because I think what they do on offense next year could be very very much dictated by whoever that person is. For sure. You know, I think Satterfield's offense reminds me a lot of, like, the 49ers. When you kind of watch the designs of the plays, people who watch the 49ers play the Eagles on Sunday surely saw, you know, a, a – of what you call an end around, whatever you want to call it. They looked a lot like the plays Nebraska's run. It went for a touchdown as opposed to three-yard gain. But um, it seems similar to what the 49ers are doing. But the quarterbacks that they had last year, uh, I guess other than a few moments with Chubba, didn't really resemble Brock Purdy at all. And Chubba doesn't play like his brother, to be honest with you. But but they just didn't resemble him. Like, it, it, you know, Brock Purdy's a game manager, stays in the pocket, has a nice arm, throws the football, gets it to his playmakers. Um, Nebraska's quarterbacks, other than a few moments with Chubber, they're they're outside the pocket making plays. And it always it just seemed like a mismatch to me. And I thought the option was like a compromise of like, hey, let's try to get some things that these guys are good at. But when you do that, I think that that option offense a has its limits because um, it does take you know a lot of time and talent to to execute. And b it can get your quarterback jacked up. And get hurt, and it did. So you know, like, I don't think we'll see that component again. I feel like they want more of a backup, like a drop back quarterback who can throw the ball. And these, I don't know with Levitt. It's hard to know with Levitt, but most of these other guys kind of fit that. We pretty yeah, and yeah, he he fits that. He fits that mold. Do you think they'll have this resolved by the end of this week, or do you think it's going to go into next week? 
I think it goes till next week. I think you get official visits involved and, you know, you, you want to see a greater uh, extent of the, the pool of candidates. Like, I, I don't think we've seen everybody that's even going to be in there, right? Like Kyle McCord, who, who would have guessed a week ago that he would have been even a candidate. So I think it goes till next week, but that's based on like what we've seen the last two years and sort of the the, the rhythm and the timing of how the portal has gone. Uh, but now it's a 30-day window instead of a 45-day window, and guys are entering it or declaring their intentions a week earlier than they did. So maybe it does happen this week. Um, you know, there's there's a, an urgency for for quarterbacks to take those spots and for schools to fill those roles. And uh, I mean, you, you don't know. Like, I feel like it'll be next week, but maybe some of these players are hearing what they want to hear now and they'll pull the trigger. Huh. Maybe they are. But, uh, who knows? Yeah. You know, Evan, I was uh, interested too in the the nil nil part of this. Uh, uh, you know, Nebraska's got a history of, of I I guess taking care of the quarterbacks. I mean, we 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 heard Casey Thompson got a a nice uh, uh, a nice deal, and uh, obviously the, I, I took care of Jeff Sims last year, so uh, there, there 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 is a history there. The other guys in the team have have had things. Um, the polar bear has got a commercial, so I just wonder. Oh, if, and, and there's other athletes, uh, you know, Jordy Ball, um, you know, the, the volleyball uh, players. I mean, you look, look around the. If you're a quarterback, and you know you, you see the the fan base that is is all all in on Nebraska football, and there there there's opportunities here. I, I think that's that's, that's going to be a pretty good selling point, especially that Nebraska's not been afraid to you know go into those waters, uh, so to speak. So um, I think that, that you know whatever whoever eighteen ninety is and whoever is behind the curtain doing all this stuff, I'm I'm sure it's um, they, they they've got a game plan. I want to try to play an exercise here for a second just to get a sense of the the, the college football playoff for 23 is set, and it's four teams, but um, next year it's going to be 12. And Nebraska was really never close to being in the four-team playoff since the inception of the playoff. There were a few moments where they were within smelling distance of 12. In 2014, they were in the top something, I think 11 when they lost to Wisconsin. And in 2016, they were in the top 10 when they lost to Wisconsin. Um, now, obviously, neither one of those teams ended up being anywhere near where the playoff would have been, but there was a moment in time when they would have been ranked in the top 12. And, um, and obviously, going next year, you're going to you're going to see teams that are ranked 12th playing in the college football playoff, probably, a, you know, at, at the SEC runner up or whatever. But I thought it would be interesting um, to kind of step step aside the, the controversy this year. That won't be a controversy next year. It just won't um the four and five will not be a controversy there might be a little bit of whatever around 11 12 13 14 and 15 um and i'm going to rattle those off now and and just you know these are teams that two of these teams would have made the playoff four of them wouldn't have three of them wouldn't have um how close is nebraska to these teams and one of the things to pay close attention to here is the quarterbacks so number 11 ole miss number 12 oklahoma Number 13, LSU, number 14, Arizona, and number 15, Louisville. 
Only one of those teams played in their conference title game. That was a little. So, so there you go. Those are the teams. Of those teams, do you think Nebraska's anywhere near the teams that I just rattled off? Well, not right now, but but, but that can change in a hurry. I mean, it doesn't take long. I mean, it's certainly not like basketball where you just get one guy, but if you get the right quarterback and 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 you fill in a, a few of the blanks, I mean, I I don't see why year three or four, you know, I couldn't be up there. I mean, what I think is going to happen is it's, um, you know, the 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 twelve the, the twelve spots are going to fill up. Uh, you know, there's going to be five conference champions, right? It's not six; it's five. Um, right. So you're going to have seven at large. Um, I think the majority of those seven at large are going to be SEC and the uh, Big Ten. I got into an argument with Greg Sharp about this. He thinks the Big 12 is going to be just fine. I said, I don't know. I think the Big 12 is, you look at the, the, the this year's top 10, you didn't have anybody close. Um, but so, I, who knows? The ACC, I mean, look what just happened. I mean, they lost to the SEC in this thing. So I I think Nebraska's trying to get into that top four of the Big Ten. And everybody in the league is going to be trying to get in that top four because that'll give you a shot. And I think there's, there's any arguments or debates or any, you know, I don't think it'll be a controversy. But at the at the at the, the 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 last spot in and the first spot out are probably going to be a debate between the number two team in the Big 12 or ACC versus the number three or four team in the SEC or Big 10. And, you know, who deserves to be, you know. And um, so, uh, but I think Nebraska's not that, you know, people are talking about, oh, the schedule is going to be so tough. You know, it's a different perspective. When Nebraska's up and running and they're good, they're as good as Washington and Oregon. I mean, historically, they they've been better than those teams when they're up and running. They haven't been up and running in years. But when they get the recruiting going, get the coaching going, get the people in place, they can get some dudes out there, and they're going to be right there with everybody. I mean, maybe not at Georgia, but they won't be far behind. You just got to go do it. And so, and yeah, it's hard to go through the Big Ten. It'll be hard to do it, but it won't seem like it's like like this insurmountable task if you've got players i mean the perspective around here will change if if, if and when they start winning and uh they just got to get to that point hmm. i guess what i would add too is is you know of those teams that you mentioned sam i mean louisville made a coaching change this year and they were they were an okay team i think eight and five a year ago arizona was sub 500 they were five and seven a year ago and now they're where they are. So a quarterback can make a difference. Coaching can make a difference. Like I still think, you know, Nebraska fans continue to be jaded by the experience of some of these previous head coaches. Um, and, you know, if rule does what he's done at other places, like there's no reason to think that they can't be competitive next year, being a, a potentially a ranked team if they upgrade and, and and luck bounces their way a little better and they cut down on the giveaways. Like you see these kind of turnarounds in college football every year. And again, you're not talking about going 
12 and 0, you're talking about going 10 and 2 and getting a few bounces and winning those close games and having the depth to manage some injuries. Like, I'm just, I don't think that's insurmountable. Um, what's interesting to me is like, is being in the top 12 that much more far fetched than what their previous goal had been, which was try to win the West and then you get a one game shot at winning the Big Ten and, and seeing what happens from there. Like, I don't know how different necessarily those two goals are. Like if you're, if you're the West champ, you're probably at least in that conversation anyway. Um, so I don't know. It's, it, it just, I, I just think there's enough, enough um, case studies every year of teams that make that jump. And you look at how resourced Nebraska is uh, and the guys that are now in charge. Like, I just don't see why you can't, why that's such an unattainable goal. Hmm. That's, that's interesting. Um. I'd have to look this up, and I'm I'm doing it right now. You made the statement about if you're the West champion, you were in position to be in the top twelve. Is that is that you could at least be in the conversation? Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe not. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you got to win the game, which they sure. never did. Um, yeah. The last time a team was in the top ten in the West going into that game was Wisconsin in 2019. Um. Northwestern was 14th in 2020. Um, Iowa was 13th, so they were in the conversation in 2021. This uh, year's Iowa team. Purdue was not ranked, and Iowa was 16th in the CFP going in. So, yeah, like, presuming presume you got to win the game, which they never did. But I, I understand the point of what you're making, is that you'd go there and then you would win the game. Um for sure. Uh, I, I don't know that any West team is going to be playing for the Big Ten Championship going forward. Um, if if you were going to ask me to rank the likelihood of teams playing for the Big Ten Championship going forward, the list would start with Ohio State, then Michigan, then Penn State, then Oregon, then USC, then probably Washington, and then probably the first team in the West. So I think Tom's point about making the top four of the Big Ten is a great one. I think if you get to 10 and two in this newfangled big 10, you've got a comp, you've got a, you've got a, you've got an entry point. Um, but I also think your point about Arizona is a really good one too. They were five and seven last year and they're right on, they're knocking on the door of the playoff and how'd they do that? Well, uh, you know, uh, I can tell you that. And, and again, do these things interconnect? Are they like, is it definitive? No, this isn't like galaxy brain stuff, but you know, LSU threw 41 touchdown passes. They're 13th in this list. Arizona threw 34. And what are they, 14th, right? Yeah. Oklahoma threw 32. And they're 12th. Who is 11th? Ole Miss? Ole Miss. Yeah. They didn't throw as many. I can't remember exactly what they threw. Louisville threw 22. Um, and I don't know exactly what Ole Miss threw. But the bottom line is all of these teams could throw the ball. I mean, they're, they all have competent quarterback play. Jackson Dart was a very nice quarterback in the SEC. Um, let's see. Ole Miss, uh, Ole Miss threw 23 touchdown passes, but they threw for 3,319 yards and 9.4 yards per attempt. And we'll kind of go through this stuff in the offseason and kind of unpack it for people to kind of get an understanding of what is the playoff team's profile? What did they do? to get there because the new goal for Nebraska football is making the playoff. 
There is no West division title. The playoff is going to be the thing. And um, at some point in the next four or five years, I would expect that Nebraska would expect to be there uh, and that that would be an expectation that they would have. Um, so that'll be something to look at. It's just kind of a fun exercise. I think Tom's point about being in the top four in the Big Ten, exactly, exactly. That's not going to be easy to do. Well, it's 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 a thing that it um, you know for for the for for the older set like me or saw Nebraska do that every year. I mean, it's going to be a deal where the teams that make the playoff are going to have to hit the the portal right. Okay, you have to get because these quarterbacks are leaving. They're leaving uh, winning programs, so. A lot of these playoff type teams might be changing quarterbacks a lot. I don't know. I mean, you just don't know. So you, you got to get the right quarterback. I mean, in, in any given year. And then everybody else is good too. So if you're Nebraska, you're trying to make the playoff. Um, I don't want to say once or twice every 10 years, but it ain't going to happen every year. <laughs> I mean, it just, it's going to be hard to do. So. It might happen uh, three out of four years. You can't go into that you know, thinking it's going to be all the time. So there's going to be a level of, I guess, patience or, or, or maybe perspective on the fan base. Uh, but that's everywhere because that just it's um, but it's, it's it's a rich man's game. You know, we're, we're seeing Charlie Baker set, uh, set the new rules yesterday. The NCAA finally did something or said something, and, you know, going forward, I mean, this thing might all, Sam, it might change in four, four or five years. The There might be an upper level of the NCAA, FBS, that has its own playoff. I mean, yes. you just don't know. So, but it's, it's a situation, I think, where, um, you know, Nebraska can certainly do it. But you're going to have to hit a lot of things right. But that's going to be everybody, whether it's Texas A&M or Florida State or USC. You're going to have to hit the portal right, and you're going to have to just have one of those years where it all falls together, because um, it's it's uh, it it ain't easy. And um, you know, um, winning that conference is. It's, I mean, it's going to take all your. Every, every, everything you can do to do that but um anyway um no it, you're you're completely right yeah i mean it's gonna take everything yeah that's right I mean, if you play for the conference you're going yeah. you're going to be in the playoff like it almost nullifies the point of the big 10 title game because you almost well, you know but they're gonna be in the playoff if you're playing for the big 10 t- championship you're in the playoff but but I wonder, Sam, if that's going to be true. I wonder if if uh, the first time somebody plays for a, a, conference, a conference championship game and they lose and they get knocked out of the playoff. I mean, I don't think that would happen, but we don't know. Would they would they then get rid of right. conference championship games? Well, this is too risky, and right. we don't really care who our champion is. We can right. we can decide it by standings. We don't want to risk a team losing. And the committee saying, well, you just lost a game by 30 in your championship game. I'm sorry. You know, right. we don't want to risk that. So um, this is all going to be a, 
uncharted territory. Yeah, I think there's definitely there's a possibility where you have a three way tie. Just for argument's sake, there's a possibility where you have a three way tie in the Big Ten for second. And you have one team at nine and zero, and for whatever reason, you have three teams at seven and two. And the team that wins the tiebreaker to go to whatever is is actually a, a nine and three, seven and two team, and and the other teams above them are eleven and one, or whatever it is, or ten and two. Yeah, so that could happen. I would I would be surprised if if it happened very often. I, my sense is that. Your number two team in the Big Ten will be eight and one, but it could for sure. And it would absolutely, you're talking about the Big 12 runner up. That's going to be the thing every year. Is it yeah. the number two team in the Big 12? How out of 16 teams, how many of uh, what what's their record going to be? How good are they going to be? Um, you know, is that league just going to kind of beat each other up the way the Pac 12 did? And so they only end up with one team in the playoff. That's possible for sure. Yeah, I I just thinking if you don't want to go to the conference championship game and you're thinking you're in good shape either way, but then you you get blown out and all of a sudden uh, the the earthquake happens somewhere in other conferences where other th- upsets and all of a sudden you're sitting there going, well, I thought we were good, but we just lost by thirty five, um, and then now and, and now somebody else got our spot, so. I just think the the conference championship games. I'm going to keep an eye on that to see are they going to be worth it. Yeah. I think the whole climate again just speaks to the urgency to kind of bring it full circle that Nebraska has to have. Uh, you know, right now if you're not in the playoff, okay, you're not one of the four teams. You're, you didn't win your conference next year. You know, like we've said, making a bowl game won't have the same sort of feeling of accomplishment. Right. Like if you're not one of the top 12, it feels like all the other bowls are going to diminish uh, in in notoriety. Um, it just it changes the vibe of things and regular uh, uh, relegation is not a thing in, in college football. But it kind of feels like, you know, if you don't hold up your end of the bargain, um, you're going to get left behind with some of the TV contracts and the eyeballs that are out there. Uh, it just, it does. It changes. I think it just changes the the tenor of things where you can't rely on building this thing over three and four years. You have to be in the mix, interesting soon, as soon as next year. And I think that speaks to why they're so intent on, on that portal spot. Because doesn't, doesn't that seem like that's kind of the, the formula now? Like get the quarterback spot right and then figure everything else out. Like that's what yep. Michigan did. That's what Washington did. Um, you can yep. kind of just go down the line. If you figure that spot out, you can build the rest of it through development, through through the portal, but man, you, you got to get that first part right. Nebraska has to get that part right now. Yep. Well said. To basketball, briefly, uh, there's not much time for Nebraska to, to to dwell on the Creighton loss. It wasn't it wasn't Nebraska's best performance. Um, it wasn't, and and uh, they didn't play well. Creighton played well in many ways for most of the game, Creighton wins 89-60. Uh, Creighton looks like, when Creighton hits shots, they look like a Final Four team. Uh, so Nebraska now plays Minnesota tonight. They play Michigan State on Sunday. I don't I don't have to spend much time saying that these two these two games are bigger than the Creighton game, right, Tom? Absolutely. And if you're Nebraska, you have to take it. I know that's, that's an emotional deal. And everybody, you know, you know, 
the fans were disappointed. They left early. Uh, you know, there, there were just emotions all over the court. Um, it didn't look good. But you have to take into account that, yeah, it's your rival, but your rival is a Final Four caliber team um, that when they go off and they do it every game, uh, nobody in the country can stop that. So they're as good as anybody in the country. And um, so don't worry about it. <laughs> you're not. Don't worry about it. You, But you're. this is still a Nebraska team that can make the tournament. But they've got it. This is a big week for them. Probably need to sweep this week. They need right. to start piling up the, the, the conference wins. I think they're still in shape to go nine and two non-conference. That's, that's, that's really good for them. I don't care who they play, just get to nine and two. You know, I watched K-State last night. Can they beat them down there? Maybe, maybe. You no, know, K-State was pretty good against Nova. And their, their, their old buddy, Arthur Kaluma, is is really playing well. Um, I thought he would. I thought that that coach would really, you know, uh, get him going, and he has. Uh, it's just taken a while. But, yeah, Nebraska's got a lot going for him. And the Big Ten is, you know, it's, it's weird, you know. You get Northwestern beat Purdue. You've got, um, you know, um, a Michigan, Wisconsin beat Michigan State last night. And, you know, Wisconsin was weird for a while. And I don't think anybody's great. I, I think I think Purdue's great. Um, but the time, at home, at yeah, home, I, I mean, yeah. So, so I, I don't think this is a, a this is an impossible deal. Um, but they've got to play smarter than they did last Sunday, and they've got to, you know, get, get uh, the two big men going, and they're going to shoot well, play defense, all that fun stuff. Um, but it's, it's a team set up to do well in the Big Ten. It's older, it's mature, it's it's versatile, and it's 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 got big guys who, if you got to get physical, they can do it. So uh, I still like them. I, I think, uh, but they get now. They got to go do it, and yeah, you don't have to worry about the Creighton game. It's, it's um, Creighton's that good, and and just you know, it, it happens. So now, go take care of business. Indiana beat Michigan at Michigan last night too. I now I think Indiana's a better team than Michigan. Michigan's now four and five, but there's been some early upsets. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. an upset, but that's you know. Michigan's a hard place to play. Um, I got I I work I I think Nebraska's got a real opportunity to beat Michigan State on Sunday. You know, I don't think it's a great Michigan State team. Nebraska has had very little success against Michigan State since Hoiberg took over. Uh, none actually. The success level is zero. Uh, Miles beat him three times, I think, but but Hoiberg is not. Um. Minnesota is the team that I believe Hoiberg has beaten the most since joining the Big Ten. Minnesota and maybe Rutgers. And so this is an opportunity tonight. Uh, I do worry a little bit about this one, though. Uh, they, they got a guy that, in Dawson Garcia, was a pretty good player. And honestly, best player on the court. Uh, I think he's better than anybody Nebraska's got. And sometimes in basketball, the team that's got the best player has a slight advantage. I don't even know what the line is tonight. But I think it's going to be a good basketball game. I really, I really do. Um, I don't think Nebraska is going to run away with it. Let's see what the line is here. 
Nebraska is a one and a half point favorite. So there you go. Hmm. It's going to be a close one. We'll see if they're, you know, if they're seven and four and zero oh and three in the Big Ten or zero oh and two in the Big Ten or whatever, seven and three and zero oh and two in the Big Ten. Sorry about that. If they're seven and three and zero oh and two in the Big Ten by next week, it won't stun me, but it will feel like a setback. And the first NAT ratings came out on Sunday, and they were seventy six, and that's not where they wanted to be. So winning the next two would be huge. Yeah, I All agree. Right. We'll see what happens tonight. That's a late one tonight, 8 o'clock, 5.30 on Sunday. Okay, that is our Pick 6 podcast for this week for Tom and Evan on Sam. We may have a quick reaction later this week if Nebraska lands a portal QB, but we'll definitely talk about a portal QB next week on the Pick 6 podcast. I won't be surprised if Nebraska has somebody by then. Thanks, Husker fans. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.